0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another exciting program at Kopi Vest. This is your host, V to be here again with you all on every Wednesday at 9 p.m. And yes, today's topic, if you look at it, it's IVF for fertility. That's right. And uh, we have a special guest because coming in and she's an amazing woman and um, looking at the credentials of hers is just amazing. She's Dr. Anupriyagrawal. She's an obstructive and a gynecologist who will be joining us in a very shortly before I invite her. But you know, when we talk about IVF, we're talking about the natural way of giving birth and you know, so much of things. The human body is just amazing, right? It's such a fascinating thing that I'm learning. I'm sure you'll be learning as well. But do you all know that um, in 1978, Louis Brown, the world's first baby by IVF, and I just learned today as well the in vitro fertilization, and I think it's an amazing how medical science is evolving decade by decade, month by month, days by day. But you know, when I, when I just did a little research, uh, of course with Doctor Chibi explaining more on detail about that, but IVF is actually the mimicking the design of the sexual reproduction, and. um as I was going through it, and I, I feel you know, <laughs> I'm like one of the doctors as well. Because I think um, when you look at the natural process of the baby making, it always starts with the brain, right? 15 days before the fertilization, there's a hormone called FSH, which is an amazing follicle simulating hormone that releases the estrogen. It helps to coordinate and growth and prepare the uterus. And it communicates to the brain. So much of information just happens there. And then I also learned about the zona pellucid. And during sexual intercourse, rejection, about hundred million sperms, and out of that hundred, the one million to hundred will actually enters to the Hague. It's so much a process that's going on. We can just talk about it, you know, all the while. Right? And yes, we are the champion because we are the one out of the one million. So, without further ado, let's invite Doctor Anupriya Agrawal. Hello, Doctor.
1: Hey, doc. Hi, hi.
0: It's good to have you in uh, Kopi Events, Doctor.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Um, Just before we go on, do you have a very busy day today?
1: I did. I had a full clinic. I delivered a baby and I did a laparoscopic surgery. So, usually.
0: okay, Okay. Doctor, I I mean, I know you're also a senior consultant and advanced laparoscopic surgeon. Uh, apart from the gynecology so what really does a, a consultant do i mean when you talk about laparoscopy surgeon what do you really do though
1: so of course consultants means people come to consult me about their problems so if uh, women have uh, gynecological issues like painful periods or irregular periods or uh, any other issue like some of them today one came with a big lump in the tummy she has fibroids. So when women come to me with such problems, then we go through a very detailed history, go through their entire medical and previous surgical history, then do an ultrasound scan and examination to figure out what exactly is the cause of her symptoms. And then accordingly, we will advise her for options. Sometimes these are medical issues, then they can be sorted out with medication or with lifestyle measures. So we go through that. But on other times, either they've come too late or whatever, then if surgery is needed, then we have to counsel them them about surgery and then plan for uh, surgery to be done. These days, a lot of gynecological surgery is Done laparoscopically. I would say most majority of gynecological surgery is now done laparoscopically. Laparoscopic means keyhole surgery. So we instead of making a big cut on the tummy, we make small little holes, um, usually through the belly button and through the lower part of the tummy, and do we do the surgery via these small holes only. So recovery is faster. Uh, the hospital stay is shorter, and um, usually the surgical outcome is quite
0: good. Thank you, doctor. That sounds crazy, you know, in terms of your schedule. Uh, but before we even go into your PowerPoint slides and then some Q&As, and of course, if viewers also can engage yourself, I mean, doc, to actually to ask you questions. But, you know, doc, I was going through some um, basic anatomy, right, about the reproduction system, the uterus, the Philippine tube. You know, it's such a puzzle. Um You know, in your profession, do you actually have to work backwards? Because for IVF, you know, when is the 15 days? um, You know, the FSH is going to take place, and Mm. you have to be. So it it seems like you know there's a huge amount of planning. Uh, Yes, and and you've got to work (laughs) backwards. Yeah. So I was like, wow, I'm actually fully fascinated by the way our human system works, but sometimes we don't even understand the basic of our anatomy and how I mean how is that dog I mean how do you plan ahead I mean if you can just share this with our viewers so
1: I mean for planning is two parts one part is planning for the the couple who are wanting to have a baby for them to plan their schedule and you know with all this work from home these days work boundaries are totally smudged and people are working USA time maybe husband is working USA time wife is working Asia time and it's very difficult for them to plan so one part is planning the couple have to plan to be able to be together when it's the correct time or the fertile window which well it's variable but for majority women who are having regular cycles will be between say the 12th to the 18th day or from the first day of start of their period so they have to plan to be at least have a chance of uh, being together and giving their bodies a chance to conceive during that time so that is one part of the planning. Second part of the planning is for doctors like us whereby we need to plan and that's why it's not just doctors I am supported by very capable nurses who will do all this planning for me because my schedule, patient schedule, my leave, patient's travel schedule, everything has to be sorted out by um, by someone who is able to know when certain things need to be done. And later in my PowerPoint, I will uh, share the whole timeline of, of IVF because it is quite a um, complicated process with several steps it has been simplified a lot previously it used to be even longer but at least it's not as long now yet there are issues uh in terms of planning and we, we always need to plan ahead
0: thank you doctor and uh, just to mention about this uh, particular person called louise brown in 1978 are yes. uh, the first person yes. to be uh, ivf and you see so many decades and i'm sure uh, the medical science have evolved and things are getting better and better um, the chances of having, you know, when when someone goes under IVF, the chances of getting twins and triplets, the chances are higher, isn't it? And I'm sure you're going to cover that in the slides.
1: Yes, I am going to cover <laughs> that in the slide. Uh, it okay. is high. It is fortunately getting lower and lower because okay. previously they used to transfer three, four, five, six, seven, eight embryos, and that's why you hear of all these sextuplets octuplets eight okay. babies being born seven babies but the human womb is designed for just one baby so even if there are two babies even twins that those pregnancies are quite complicated and high risk of complications miscarriages preterm birth whatnot so our aim now in IVF is to try and have one healthy baby at one time even if it takes a little bit longer to get pregnant but Multiple pregnancy in modern IVF is actually considered somewhat of a failure or a risk of IVF rather than a success mm. of IVF. It's not buy one get one free or buy one get two free. It's <laughs> buy one get two trouble and buy yeah. one get three trouble free also. So yeah, it's it's not like yeah.
0: That. In a dog, uh, I mean, of course, we are going to go to the slide, so I'm not going to hijack on that. Uh, but, you know, when, when someone goes to an IVF, the chances of doing genetic testing uh, to prevent a lot of other complications are way much more there. It seems like it's way much more safer uh, because, of course, we know that, you know, especially a woman who's under, above 40 or 45, the chances of, you know, complications can happen. So it seems like IVF could be the possible solution uh, for having a safer and may- maybe a minimum uh, risk uh, having a, a child which you know make sure the child is safety safe and you know be carefully taken care of and this could be the the, the answer isn't an it dog.
1: Well, um, I wouldn't say so once because yeah. um, you know IVF success rate will reduce as a woman becomes older. and the reason for that reduction in success, is mostly related to the fact that as we grow older just like the skin the bones whatever the muscle is not the same like it was in the 20s similarly the quality of the eggs is also not the same as it was in the younger years a woman's peak fertility is actually in her early 20s and after that it is a downward slope After 35, the slope becomes quite steep, and after 40 is pretty much free fall. So in a way, yes, if we do IVF and we can do genetic testing, then we can kind of make sure that the embryos that we are putting back in the woman are genetically normal. By the way, that's not legal yet in Singapore. It is possible we do it for other things but just this designer baby or choosing the embryos of the baby is uh, choosing the chromosomes of the baby is not legal in Singapore but the technology is there we use it for other uh, genetic problems and other parts of the world it is legal like the US, Thailand, India, Malaysia they are doing these testings so that part is okay but um, when women over the age of 40, want to use this technology, they must realize that there is a lot of embryo wastage. How we, we try and figure out whether the baby is normal or not means if we make 10 embryos, we know now there is enough data that, that tells us that of the 10 embryos, maybe seven, six or seven embryos are going to be abnormal. And when I tell patients this, their jaws drop. Yes, majority embryos that form in a human are abnormal. And that proportion keeps going up as a woman grows older. And it is now estimated that you need about 10 eggs to be able to get one normal chromosome baby. So can you imagine the number of wastage? Now, while in a younger woman, it is okay, because in one cycle, she will produce 10, 15 eggs. But as a woman becomes older, the number of eggs that she produces keeps on going further down. And as a consequence, for a woman over the age of 40 years to produce 10 good quality eggs, which will then hopefully give her one good embryo, is very is, is going to take maybe three or four IVF cycles. So yes, short answer is yes, genetic testing can improve the chance of a woman getting normal, Um, babies but it will take many many cycles lot of injections lot of cost to be able to achieve that so it's best that women don't wait until longer until later to get pregnant they should try and do this baby making in their late 20s and early 30s when their fertility is still in the prime
0: So now we understand why our parents in the younger days, I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm actually a 70s kid, probably. They say, you know, get married. You know, once you start, get get married, go, go. It's like, what? You know, nowadays younger younger generations like, you know, we will leave first. We will try out. If it doesn't, move on, you know. The, The things are changing right now.
1: You know, the thing is that, yes, that, and I feel we are turning a tide here because people are, now realizing, you know, at at the moment, about 1 in 10%, uh, I mean, 1 in 10, so 10% kids are being born using IVF in the development. Mm. And it is thought that by 2050, that proportion will increase to 1 in 3. So 1 in 3 couples will need assisted reproduction as advanced as IVF to be able to get pregnant in the next 30 years. And that is...
0: Okay, you know sorry, so that, that
1: is quite a, quite a stunning statistic when when we think about it because um, and and as people are getting more and more educated so we are running a lot of campaigns to educate people about the effect of age on fertility about the effect of gynecological problems on infertility because oftentimes people think oh I'm young nothing's wrong with me I will be able to get pregnant whenever I want but the reality is that, No, that's not what's happening. They will not be able to get pregnant mm, if they delay for too long or if they have a gynecological condition, which they are ignoring. So with all this effort in improving awareness, we are seeing people come in a little bit earlier. So say maybe five years ago, mm, the average age of the woman who walked into my fertility clinic was about 37, 38 now i'm seeing 33 34 year old coming and i think that's a very very encouraging trend.
0: and and also doctor i just want to add a little you know also and actually uh, related to the environmental factors you know stress uh nowadays people are working more longer in hours not having Absolutely. quality time uh, and also we are a creatures of hormones i mean you look at us there's so many hormones just for these Birth giving, you know, I would like to put it in like a system. There's so many hormones that have to evolve, Absolutely. have to play and support. So it's like, wow, we are creatures of hormones, dog.
1: Yeah. It's like a, you know, Toyota car making facility. One thing to the other, to the other, yeah. to the other. And if any one thing kind of breaks, that whole chain breaks and that's the that's it. That's it. And nothing can move on.
0: Perfect, dog. Uh, if you look at it, we are already at 20 minutes just talking about the introduction. Oh, wow. So i think we <laughs> just, right. um, It's an interesting topic, uh, but I'm sure your PowerPoint slides are going to be very beneficial to our viewers as well of uh, passing down this awareness and exposure as well. Can we please proceed on so. with your slides, Doc? Yeah. Sure. Sure.
1: Just give me a minute.
0: Sure. And uh, viewers who are watching this, you can please share and like as well. So you share more people are being aware as well and they can understand what's the current situation that we are going through people are working too hard not having some time you know good time especially couples i'm talking about and uh, yes please engage us if you have any questions uh but in the meantime if you are seeing this please do share and like uh especially share it out so that more people can be watching this video but it will be in our youtube facebook and linkedin right? All right. So we have uh, a few questions that already came in. I can see that. I will take that questions later on, uh, once the PowerPoint um, doc has finished it. But uh, in the meantime, if you're looking at it, please share. Thank you, Uh, Regina, who's just joined us. Thank you, Regina. Uh, Ram, Steven, and uh, Jacinta. Thank you so much for those who are joining in. We will definitely will take up all these questions later on. Um, that's the PowerPoint mm-hmm. doc, so it's now on your yes.
1: Okay, so, um, oftentimes when we talk about IDF, when a couple comes to me and if I tell them, Oh, I think you will need IBF to be able to conceive, uh, I see a look of a a distraught look on their face and they say oh it is really so painful they have heard or they have been told certain things about IVF which are not that great and they feel that it's a very onerous journey. So let us talk about the good and the bad of IVF and hopefully I can bust some myths um, and you whoever is, uh, is listening to can have a more realistic opinion about IVF. Yes, it is a very complicated procedure, but with modern medication, with the help and support of a supportive doctor and supportive nurses, we can make this journey as easy as it can be. So I um, will always like to start with a little biology lesson, which uh, tells us about natural conception, because it's important to understand about natural conception before understanding about assisted conception. So in natural conception is a, there's a interplay of many, many hormones that goes on. And as a consequence of, uh, so uh, as a consequence of these hormones, there, there are small eggs inside the ovary, which can then grow and these eggs are then released so release of eggs is the first step in natural conception then these eggs as they are as they grow and they are released these eggs will then be picked up by the fallopian tube and these fallopian tubes have to be healthy fallopian tubes which are open on both the ends so healthy open fallopian tubes will pick up these eggs once they are released from the ovary now at Now, the timing is very important. The egg uh, will not wait for more than 24 hours. So the egg will just be alive for 24 hours and not any longer than that. So that is why um, having intercourse at the correct time is very, very important. Because if good quality sperm are then deposited in the vagina, then these sperm will swim up and they will fertilize the egg, which is waiting for it in the fallopian tube. The egg will not come down to meet the sperm. The sperm have to go up, swim up, and that's why we need good quality, healthy sperm to go up, meet with the egg over here, fertilize it, and then the tube will then push this fertilized egg down and it will then get implanted inside the uterus. So the ovary, the fallopian tube, The sperm and the uterus are four things that help in natural conception. Now, sometimes natural conception is not possible for a variety of reasons, and we'll go through that later. But in those couples and that happens in about 10 to 15 percent of all couples and unfortunately that number is going up and up because of either stress which uh, changes the way our hormones work because of the exposure of several chemicals um, plastics which also impair hormonal secretion because of several things that affect the sperm quality including heat, Uh, men sometimes they sit with laptops on their laps and are working these days work from home you can work in whichever way you put the laptop and that uh, increase heat in the private parts can reduce sperm production or sperm quality. Or because of various gynecological diseases, tubes can block. And when there are problems in either the ovary, the tube, the uterus, or the sperm, then the woman or the couple may require assistance in reproduction. So uh, methods that help a couple conceive other than natural vaginal intercourse is, cons- is called assisted reproductive techniques or ARTR. And there are three different types of assisted reproduction uh, technologies or techniques, IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. I won't be going much in detail except saying that it's a very simple technique which helps uh, couples in which the sperm is a little bit weaker. So instead of it being deposited in the vagina, we actually deposit it here in and the top of the uterus so that this journey from the vagina until the fallopian tube which is like a marathon for the tiny little sperm is then converted into a short sprint and you know all of us can't swim can't can't uh, do marathons but we can do short sprints so if the sperm is a little bit weak we help it by depositing depositing it at the correct time near where it needs to meet the egg. So that is IUI and it's the simplest ART, but it has much lower chance of success. Now, today's lecture is based on IVF. IVF means in vitro fertilization and embryo transfer. So IVF ET and then part of IVF is ICSI. ICSI means intracytoplasmic sperm injection. And I will walk you all through Um, what IVF means in the next few slides. Now, main causes of infertility are male factor, which is about 30%, ovarian problems. Remember, ovary was step number one in the the fertility journey. So about 25, 30% of uh, fertility problems happen because of ovarian or hormonal problems. About 20%, they happen because of tubal problems, because fallopian tubes get blocked, because of sexually transmitted diseases. Um, These days, the younger generations, especially they are not yet well educated about um, how to prevent sexually transmitted diseases and that is resulting in a mini epidemic of women who have blocked fallopian tubes or swollen fallopian tubes it could be uterine factors, uh, fibroids or any other uterine problems, which could account for 10-11%. And in about 10% patients, we are not able to figure out why there is a problem. So these are the main uh, causes of infertility. As you see, majority of the fertility problems are uh, unfortunately in the female. But about one third of fertility is still because of male factors. So coming back to IVF, what is IVF? IVF stands for in vitro fertilization. In vitro means outside the human body. So in vitro means outside the body and fertilization is the meeting of the egg and sperm. So when the egg and sperm are made to meet outside the woman's body, then it is termed as in vitro fertilization. So this is an ART, which was first used for tubal factor infertility. So Louise Brown's mother had uh, both her fallopian tubes were blocked. And because of that, she was not able to conceive naturally. So uh, her doctors then took her egg out, fertilized it with her husband's sperm and put it back inside her womb. So that is... That was the first successful IVF that happened. It was first used for tubal factor infertility, but increasingly IVF is being used to assist conception in couples with male factor problems, tubal factor problems, ovarian factor problems or endometriosis and as well. discussed earlier or brought up earlier, it is also being used in certain cases, in couples who are wanting to avoid a genetic problem that they know they have from being passed on to their offspring. So if a couple, one of the partners knows that they have a a genetic problem which can cause um, serious issues later on, and if these are like single gene defects, it means you can pinpoint this particular problem is because of a particular gene being missing or uh, different. Then we, when we do IVF, because we are making the embryo, we are making the small little baby outside the woman's body, we can actually test this baby and see whether this embryo has that particular gene defect or not that particular chromosome defect or not and if so then we don't transfer those embryos but we only transfer the normal embryos now this is what the ivf timeline looks like um the actual process of ivf i would say uh, is about five weeks or so the first two weeks Excluding that five weeks is uh, some pre-medications that are given to try and prep the body for IVF. Subsequently, daily injections are given to help the ovary make many eggs. This is called the stimulation phase of IVF. Now, during this time, the woman has to come back for ultrasound scans every few days so that we can tailor the medication according to her response. There's no one size fits all in IVF. So daily injections help the ovary make many, many eggs. And we aim for about 10 to 15 eggs usually. Now, a second set of injections is given somewhere after day five to try and keep these eggs, these black areas that you see inside are eggs inside the ovary. And as you see, this is one ovary which has one, two, three, four, five, about six eggs, and probably the other ovary has another six or seven eggs. So, this is what an IVF ovary looks like. But we want these eggs to remain inside the ovary. Remember, in the natural cycle, these eggs are released and then they are picked up by the fallopian tube. But in IVF, we are bypassing the fallopian tube. Whatever happens in the fallopian tube, the meeting of the egg and the sperm, we are going to do it outside the body in vitro in the lab. So we give another set of injections to prevent these eggs from coming out and when these eggs are mature that usually takes about 10 to 12 days up to two weeks in some cases we give a shot a trigger shot and after the trigger shot we give uh, we give about 35 36 hours for final maturation of the egg and then we do what is called as oocyte retrieval or egg collection this is done through the vagina I will go through that in a little bit more detail. And uh, it's done as a day surgery, so there's no admission required. We get these eggs out, we fertilize it in the uh, laboratory, and that is followed three to five days later by embryo replacement, in which we embryo transfer, in which we put these fertilized eggs, which are called embryos, back inside the woman's womb. And that is followed by uh, progesterone supplementation, some hormonal medication to try and help these embryos get implanted. And that is eventually followed by a pregnancy test. So from the start of IVF until the pregnancy test is about five weeks duration. So this is what the process looks like ovarian stimulation is in the form of daily injections some women need two but other women may need up to three or sometimes even four injections four different types of injections every day to try and stimulate these ovaries the younger the woman the more responsive the ovary is and the fewer number of injections and the fewer the, the lower dose of injections is required. This is what a unstimulated ovary looks like with before we start injections. So you can see there are these one two three, four five six, about six, seven small eggs inside the ovary these are the ones that will then respond to the injections that we are giving and they will become big eggs like what you see over here. Okay, so during ovulation, the ovarian stimulation, we are going to monitor follicular growth and tailor the injections up or down depending on the follicular growth. When these eggs are big enough, usually about 17, 18 millimeters in diameter, then we do a small procedure called egg retrieval or ovum pickup, OPU or egg collection. And in that, we put a. Through, it's done through the vagina with an ultrasound scan, which is inserted through the vagina. Over which is a very small needle, long but thin needle, and this needle goes into the ovary and sucks these eggs in. So this is called as follicle aspiration. These eggs are then passed to the laboratory. They, this is what these eggs look like. And in the laboratory, either these eggs are just put um, with the sperm and left for the egg and sperm to sort it out among themselves and achieve fertilization. Or if the woman is older, the sperm is not that great, then we assist even more. We actually inject sperm inside the egg. So this is the egg and then we use a very very thin glass uh, needle to insert this egg with the, the insert the, the sperm into this egg so the sperm goes in here this needle comes out and then this egg is kept in very very controlled environment inside an incubator And then it starts dividing. So that one cell becomes two cells, two becomes four, four becomes eight. And then these days we are able to culture up to day five, which is when the embryo looks like this, which is called as a blastocyst. So this is a day five embryo, it looks like a blast, it's a nice blastocyst. And then this embryo is transferred. Again, that transfer is done through the vagina, into the uterus. The process of egg collection, this egg retrieval, this needs anesthesia because it is painful. Anesthesia is given for maybe 20 to 30 minutes. That's how long it takes for us to collect these eggs and patients can go back home the same day. Embryo transfer is usually a painless procedure. It's like doing a pap smear. So embryo transfer is done through the vagina and these embryos are deposited inside the uterus. Uh, And this does not require any anesthesia in most women. Unless the woman is very, very anxious, some women are and we do understand that. And if that is the case, we can give a very gentle sedation for, for women to relax and to remain relaxed during this embryo transfer process. Now... Remember, IVF is a very, very complicated process, but also the woman's So, so of course, we want it to work out. We want it to um, be successful the first time. If you go on through so much pain, you just want it to work out. Unfortunately, that's not true. Um, and the reason why it's not true is mostly pertaining to the woman's age. So the woman's age is the best and the most important predictor of the overall chance of success of IVF in a couple. Here you see live birth rates per embryo transfer by age. You see here these are the ages from 20 to say 44. At 20 of course very few women will be doing IVF but if you look at the trend in the 20s live birth rate per embryo transfer in the 20s up until say about 30, 34 years is in the range of about 37 to 40%. And after that, the chance of life birth drops. So after 35, this slope goes down. And after 40, this decline becomes even more. So this is a problem. The reason for this is Twofold. First, the egg quality is not that great, so eggs don't implant. And secondly, even if eggs do implant, there is a higher chance of chromosomal abnormalities in women as they grow older. So there's a higher risk of miscarriage as women become older. So that is why this is not just pregnancy rate. Pregnancy rates would probably be much higher. But live birth rates, which is what you want. When you do IVF, you want to take a baby home. We call it take-home baby rate. So live birth rate or take-home baby rate is more relevant than you just get pregnant, you feel happy for a few days and then miscarry. That's not what we want. So maternal age is very very important. Okay, if you see here, live birth rate um, per is is very very dependent on the age. If this is less than thirty five years, thirty five to thirty seven years, thirty eight to forty years, and going on increasing age, you can see how significantly the success rate um, keeps going further and further and further down. Okay, so maternal age, mothers, the woman's age is very, very important in IVF success. Now, oftentimes patients say, so doctor, how many cycles of IVF do you do? Will I need to be able to have take a baby home? And unfortunately, there is no one answer to that. So again, it will depend on... Uh, the age of the female partner if she is less than 40 years of age this is the number of cycles that are required to be able to uh, take a baby home and this is the cumulative live birth rate so if a woman under the age of 40 does one cycle of IVF then she has about a 30% chance of taking a baby back home in, in one cycle of IVF. If she does two cycles of IVF, this rate goes up to about 50%, three cycles, about 60%, uh, 60%, and so on. But there will always be a certain number of women who, despite even doing nine or 10 cycles, will not be able to achieve or attain pregnancy now if you see this number drastically goes down if the woman is 40 years 40 to 42 years and very very low if the age is 43 and above so between 40 to 42 with one cycle the chance of success only 10 percent one third of the chance of success under 40 years so this is unfortunately a reality that most couples will need multiple cycles, even though they are young, most couples will need multiple cycles to be able to conceive, even using IVF. Oftentimes, people see um, celebrities, movie stars, uh, say, oh, I have given birth at 45, 47. What they don't realize is that Nobody shares how many cycles they have done, or sometimes the fact that they may not have used their own eggs, they may have used uh, eggs that are donated by a younger woman. So these are younger women's eggs fertilized with sperm of the male partner, and then of course, the chance of success becomes much higher. Now, IVF helps a lot of people but it is not without risks. And that is true for anything in life. Um, everything, it's a uh, two-edged sword or two sides of a coin. So what are some of the risks of IVF? Thankfully, the risks of IVF with modern medicine and advances in us understanding these hormones and the complex interplay of hormones, the risks have gone lower and lower. The main risks are for. Uh, First one is ovarian hyperstimulation. Essentially, this means over-response to the IVF stimulation medication, and that results in water retention, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and can be potentially very serious, even life-threatening. But with modern IVF medications, it is extremely, extremely, extremely rare now. Okay, so less than 1% of patients will have significant ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome in today's day and age. The second one is multiple pregnancy. It is, when I tell my patients, I show them this slide, then they say, how come multiple pregnancy? Should be good, right? Buy one, get one free, or buy one, get two free. No, it's not so. Uh, As I earlier explained, multiple embryos, our womb is designed only for one, and if multiple embryos are transferred, it results in multiple pregnancies, and these multiple pregnancies results in a lot of complications for both the mother as well as the baby. So multiple births is actually considered to be a failure of IVF rather than an IVF success in modern gynecology and chronological practice. And we are making a lot of efforts to try and reduce this. And I will share that in, uh, in the next few slides. Miscarriage. Now, miscarriage is a known problem. 15 to 20% of all pregnancies end up in a miscarriage. And that is no different in IVF. In fact, IVF pregnancies, sometimes they have a slightly higher uh, miscarriage rate. And that's not, nothing to do with the IVF process per se. But because these pregnancies are identified a lot earlier so it's a known issue uh, but because many cases women just think oh it's a delayed period and they don't even do a pregnancy test uh, just have a period of a little bit later but in IVF because you do a test and check so you catch a lot of early pregnancies which would have gone unnoticed in in the normal course so that is another issue of miscarriage which can be quite disappointing and the last one is ectopic pregnancy ectopic pregnancy means pregnancy implanting in the fallopian tube rather than in the um, uterus itself now two to eight percent of all IVF pregnancies are ectopic pregnancies and this is true especially in women who have tubal factor infertility or who have endometriosis now with modern IVF we, are, uh, we know that if the tubes are swollen, we need to do a surgery to remove those fallopian tubes or clip those fallopian tubes prior to doing this embryo transfer. Uh, and that has significantly reduced the chance of ectopic pregnancies or with we use ultrasound scan to deposit the embryos a little bit lower rather than very high up near where it can go and hide in the fallopian. Into so, all these things are slowly reducing the risk of ectopic pregnancy in women with IVF. Now, coming back to the multiple pregnancy saga, so uh, this was a big concern. Usually, uh, 20 years ago, usually four embryos were routinely transferred at all ages, but that has changed. We, especially in women who are younger than 37 years of age, we Uh, now transfer only one embryo. So this is how the number of embryos that are being transferred over the years is reducing, reducing, reducing. And we are now doing... Elective single embryo transfer as a routine in women who have good quality embryos. So we are doing more single embryo transfers. This is the number of single embryo transfers you can see. Very high numbers, um, 70 to 80 percent of this is worldwide data. So 70 to 80 percent are doing single embryo transfers, um, especially in younger women, women who are younger than 35 years old. Age. And this is resulting in fewer multiple pregnancies. The green line here is twins, the blue line is triplets, and the orange line is um, four babies or more. Uh, and as you can see that with all these measures, the chance of multiple pregnancies, especially after 2015 in the last uh, five or six years, has plummeted it has really dropped tremendously the chance of triplets is almost negligible as uh, higher order uh, multiples so as our understanding of IVF gets better our lab procedures get better this chance of multiple pregnancies also Keeps going down, and that is what today in modern medicine we consider to be a success of IVF. Um, As we are, as as I said, uh, with uh, there are other risks like ovarian hyperstimulation, infection, hemorrhage. All of these. If you can see from 2006 to 2015, the chance of all these problems is significantly going down. The blue bars are ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. So with, again, modern medications and modern techniques, um, we are able to cut down severe um, hyperstimulation to a very, very small percentage. And these are 0.2%. So it's very, very rare to have Um, severe ovarian hyperstimulation and other things like infection, hemorrhage anyways, were very, very small and they continue to um, keep going down. So IVF, if you ask me, is it a pain? is it a painful a horrible treatment? Yes, it indeed is because it is painful. There are multiple injections that a woman needs to go through for maybe 10 to days to 14 days. She has to go through invasive procedures like egg collection which have some risks. Success is not guaranteed. I mean women say okay I'm willing to go through all this but can you guarantee me a success but unfortunately that's not what's what we are able to do Uh, most couples hence will need multiple cycles of IVF before they can take a baby home multiple pregnancies which are complicated pregnancies um, and can have both maternal as well as fetal complications are common but thankfully this is reducing with uh, the uh, modern methodology and the use of elective single embryo transfer. And then there are risks. Of course, OHSS is a potentially very serious problem, but thankfully it is rare and it, the trend is reducing with the modern use of medication. So IVF indeed is a pain. Yet, IVF is a boon for couples who have no chance of conception otherwise. Men who do not have any sperm in their semen, we have to extract sperm from their testes to be able to use those sperm for conception. Or women who have blocked fallopian tubes or those who have endometriosis would not have had a chance of getting pregnant and enjoying the joys of parenthood without IVF so indeed IVF is a bone for such couples even though they have to go through multiple cycles even though they have to um, go through the pain and the invasiveness of the procedure but they still a lot of them are still able to enjoy the joys of parenthood because of IVF so yes two sides of a coin but uh, we we try and do it the best way we can, we handhold and support our patients as much as possible through this very arduous and emotional journey. Uh, And we are happy for those uh, who are able to get pregnant. Today, I had two patients who um, gave birth uh, after IVF, after a long journey with laparoscopic surgery, IVF. One of them had even COVID during her labor So it was quite a journey but then um, the thank you cards that they give just say it all that um, they are so grateful for being parents even though they are uh, going through the sleepless nights and tired and I see black circles under their eyes but yeah they are still very very happy and thankful for uh, being given the opportunity to be called mama and papa. So,
0: thank you very much for your kind attention. And we go back to funds. Perfect, doctor. I mean, I think uh, we just have attended a seminar, (laughs) a lecture seminar, just sitting at your home and having a cup of coffee and relaxation. And you're watching this amazing presentation. Um, Definitely, you need a pause of hands, right? Come on, guys. Come on. Thank you very much. You know, I mean, um, just about uh, two weeks back, uh, we have uh, Dr. Ng Kailin and uh, Dr. Sriram, where we covered about endometriosis, and we also covered about PCS, uh, Pelvic Congestion Syndrome. Just to understand, um, women go through so much of pain, right? During the childbirth, during the conceive time, and during the pregnancies, I mean... Is women are all the superheroes? Women, right? They must be, right? At some certain point. I mean, you at a gyneco- as a gynecologist, you've seen so many women giving birth. Do you ever think that men can able to endure that kind of pain? I'm not I, don't so. I don't think so. I honestly know. don't think so. So when when the
1: husband comes and says, when I tell them, oh, you have to go through, I tell the wife, you have to go through this, 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 this. Then he says, and what is my contribution? I said, you have to be very, very nice to this lady who is going through so much to be able to give you a chance to being called Papa. So no being angry. You have to, you know, give in to whatever she tells you to do so that's the man's contribution but yes women are made of very tough stuff and they are the ones who who go through this journey um I really don't know sometimes how they do it but yeah they go through this whole journey and um, they do it with a smile
0: you know, as a gynecologist, you mentioned right. I'm going to come back to the first question that it said. Um, probably the man will actually will faint. Is there something ah, yes, yes.
1: Sometimes they do that when the woman gives birth then the man is fainting on the next uh, on the couch and say, "Oh, sir, please, we cannot manage this drama. We already have two patients: the mother and the baby. Cannot manage a third one. If you're wanting to faint, please go outside and faint so that emergency can manage you. So it's very, very funny sometimes."
0: And, and on, on a serious note, doc, I mean women also will be going through tremendous amount of stress, especially through abortions, through miscarriages. And also during this IVF, even these then isn't unsuccessful cases. Um, do you see cases? I mean, of course no mention names here, but as overall as a, as a doctor, um, do they go through a enormous enormous uh, mental pressure, you know, what will happen next? Will I be able to consider it? You know, the kind of uh, anxiety that kicks in. So I can understand that uh, they are in a very vulnerable position as a couple, especially when they are in their 20s or 30s, when these things should not happen. If it happens, um, what will your advice be young couples? I mean, is there any wise words that you want to um, suggest in your number of years of experience, Doc?
1: Sure. So, uh, I mean, it is a very emotional journey. And we always talk about this um, when, when there is... Um, the start of IVF, I tell my patients, it is a very emotionally draining journey. And if we feel, and I talk to the the couple and say, look, it is a journey. You may have problems, emotional problems, in addition to whatever you are going through. Um, If you need help, there is a counselor. So every IVF center is legally mandated to have counseling support for patients who are going through IVF because we know that A, it is a very emotionally challenging journey. B, with the hormonal stimulation and everything, the mental stress just goes up and down. It's like you are sitting on a bungee, you know, up and down, up and down. It's it's, uh, It just makes you not be able to react the normal way because the hormones are so high pumped up. So that is the other thing. And third is then when things don't go quite right, then it is another big, big problem. And some couples find it very difficult to cope. So we have counseling help uh, on standby. And that is why it is important to do IVF where you can... it shouldn't be feeling like a factory where you are, you know, just come, do scan, go off. There has to be some connect with the doctor so that you can share. You can shed a tear. You can, uh, well, these days no hugs are allowed, but at least doctor can hold your hand and, you know, support you emotionally through this journey.
0: Uh and also it's a it's a it's a priceless uh, joy and happiness and love when when successfully when things happen at the at the, at, the, at the checkup and they bring their babies to you i mean there must be a, a kind of a fulfillment that you have you know uh, Absolutely. i always i always did as i always mention this in my talk shows that doctors are actually angels you know you're just hiding your wings behind the code right i mean you are doing (laughs) an amazing job thank you doc thank you very much you
1: know one of my patients gave me a coffee mug which says i deliver babies what is your superpower
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's an amazing one
1: yeah so it's it's a joy it's a joy that and those thank you cards they can't equal any money that that we are given because it is As you say, it's priceless when you, especially when you help a patient go through years of fertility problems and then she finally gets pregnant. And um, just the look in her eyes uh, and the joy in her heart is is just, it can't be measured. Yes. You know,
0: we have another two more questions for you, but I'm going to ask you one more thing. Uh, probably our viewers be watching. I mean, for those younger couples who just get their knots up, and um, you know, they'll be trying, and and as as, as as below as thirty, if they face these kind of situations, um, I mean, of course, they can definitely approach you. But what could be the reason? Is it the stress factor, or is it because? Uh, quality time or they're not relaxed you know i mean certain countries we don't want to mention they plan ask you to go for holidays and come back and with baby bonuses and all that even in singapore also we encourage that but somehow or other the birth rate uh globally i think is having an issue low birth rates is yeah. also another big yes. issue right now um even in certain countries there's one policy two policy maybe they are even re- pulling back the the, the, the review. Yep. um so what could be the reason why young couples like you mentioned they are very highly fertile uh male as well you know in the below 30s but they still seems can't be able to make it happen. and sometimes these kind of pressure the society pressure and the family pressure uh comparison the family pressure is the worst comparison to the social pressure when they do or how they can get help
1: okay so first thing is that you know fertility health is never it's never taught it's not taught in medical school it's certainly not taught in no parents tell their kids about fertility health so there are few things uh, that are obvious you know smoking can very very badly affect both a male as well as female fertility overweight that can also eating junk food especially out of plastic and then reheating it in the microwave whereby all the plastic chemicals go inside and i see everybody tapao out, tapao out, tapao out until ah, the chemicals just seep into our food and when we take all that food in it causes so much hormonal imbalance people are overweight We know Singapore is facing an obesity epidemic. The government is doing a lot to educate because of diabetes and other things. But we know that women who are obese, they have half the fertility of another woman their age who is normal weight. So a lot of these things are happening in our younger generation, younger couples. And that is contributing a little bit, a little bit into making fertility problems which previously in the generation prior to us there were not so many of these problems that is one the second and very important thing is that if we today talk to couples who are say 28 29 years old and I tell them so what's your plan for fertility they give me this blank look as if I've asked them to go to the moon and come back I'm like, look, you're 28, 29 years, you don't have to start thinking, no, la, doctor, after after 34, then think. No, it's not like at 34, 35, some day, gate is going to close and the last day of sale, you go and get it. It's not like that. fertility is declining. You need to get the 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 faster, it's fastest fingers first. The quicker you try, the higher the chance of success, the simpler the treatment, even if there is a problem, the simpler treatments will be needed the younger you are. Thank you. Dr. So my Dr. advice Dr. to younger couples would be, please pay attention to these fertility hygiene and health factors. Keep your weight in control. Do not use a lot of plastic, a lot of chemicals um, and try and eat fresh Food as much as possible. Don't keep papawing and make putting in plastic and bringing back home to eat because that has a lot of problems. Keep your weight in control and uh, try to have sex more often.
0: (laughs) Yes, probably (laughs) that's that's a main answer because a lot of people are very stressed up and Mm -hmm. uh, and especially couples uh, they tend to you know do a lot of planning first get a house get a car get a credit card yes and then the having a child will be the the, the the of course they need to do planning but that also causes a lot of age factors as you explained very clearly doc i'm going to just take two more questions and then we're going to end the no. show because we are already more than an hour. It's what we have promised we want to do it lesser than hour, uh doc um so during ivf um they choose a boy or a girl because you know they want a girl they want a boy so is that possible Yes,
1: it is possible. It is possible, but in Singapore, it's not legal. So the technology exists because as I explained, we can, since we are making the embryo outside the body, we can actually biopsy this embryo and see what uh, chromosomes X, you know, uh, the boy girl is because of two chromosomes, XX is girl, XY is boy. So it's because of these chromosomes and we can choose which one we want to put back. We do it for say avoiding genetic problems we can easily do it so technology in singapore exists but the legality is not there in singapore.
0: Mm, okay doc we can understand why but of course we keep into that but again doc um another possible possibility uh surrogates we talk about that in other countries and i'm not sure Can you shine some light on it? Because uh, if if a couple are not able to, you know, for either the woman or the male, um, can they get a surrogates? I mean, is it um, so? So,
1: in surrogacy, again, is not legal in Singapore. Um, surrogacy is used if the the couple are able to produce a good embryo, but for whatever reason, this embryo is not able to implant in the womb. So the uterus is having problems, and there are small percentage of uh, patients, but there are patients who are who fit that kind of criteria. The uterus is just the soil is not good. No matter how good the seed. The soil is not good so the seed is not going to become a a tree. So um, surrogacy is is the only way we can help some of these patients. Um, And unfortunately in Singapore it's not legal. So patients have to travel overseas to be able to um, get their surrogacy needs fulfilled uh surrogacy is legal in several countries um the west uh, spain u.s yes um it's uh, there is, it's a gray area in malaysia and india thailand mm-hmm. but it is uh, not legal in singapore so mm-hmm. can't be done here.
0: and of course doc it also comes boiled down to the last part which is during this procedure, will there be a very much of a cause involved i mean definitely um
1: yeah, so IVF, plain vanilla IVF, will cost somewhere between, say, about 12,000, $12, to 13,000 in the restructured hospitals uh, to about 15,000, 16,000 in the private hospitals. And this cost will go up by about three to 4,000 if a woman is more than uh, 40 years old, if she needs very high doses of medications so then this cost goes up because majority of the IVF cost is actually the injections the the medication that is being used for IVF so um, couples should be ready to shell out between 15 to 18 sometimes up to twenty thousand dollars per cycle of IVF so it is a very expensive um, procedure. And if there is all these genetic things, et cetera, that you need to do, then it's additional. So you can uh, get those tests done, but it's at least eight to10,000 dollars more to, on top of that normal IVF, and then uh, the biopsy, et cetera, is another eight to ten thousand dollars more. So it is very expensive.
0: Thank you, Doctor. I mean, for viewers who want to contact you, um, is that a website or is there any way they can contact you?
1: Well, if they just type my name, I should be able to come up on the search. Um, I am currently at Glen Eagles Hospital, but um, uh, yeah, they can just uh, type my name, Anupriya Agarwal. There are not many Anupriya Agarwals in. There's only one Anupriya Agarwal in Singapore, okay. so you should be All able right.
0: to find me. Uh, we'll also, if, uh, if you, do you have a website address as well, Doctor?
1: um right now it is uh it is uh acrm advanced center of reproductive okay. medicine right. uh, so they can look up but even the Glen eagles hospital website has my contact so shouldn't right. be a problem yeah
0: thank you so much doctor for spending almost about a an hour and 10 minutes um i think the presentation was great because we have covered everything from ivf from the the the, the segments the cycles the r- risk and even the periods, I think it was very well uh, presented. I'm sure viewers has enjoyed as well. I mean, for viewers, if you do have any questions, you can always type it on the comments, and then we can get Dr. Anupriya to actually to answer it as time goes by. Or you can also Google up Anupriya Agarwal and um, you can get in touch as well. Uh, doctor, you know it has been a great pleasure because with Kopi Events, your topic will be the last topic for the year, and the month of December is being dedicated for women health and uh it was an amazing you know we, we covered uh, the entire program for the month especially with finishing up with uh, ivf and um a lot of informations what couples young couples or you know in the mid-range couples also can look for where, what kind of information and what kind of help they can get it from you doctor thank you so much is there any thank um, very there? much it was a pleasure
1: to be here and to share uh, my thoughts uh, and my expertise with uh, you all and I hope uh, it's always I say it's it's like a firecracker we tell one and then one tells the other and the other and the other and we hope that we are able to spread more and more awareness so whichever young couple whoever is listening whichever young couple you know please urge them to a try early and b seek help early if they are not able to succeed there's no shame about as I said 10 to 15 percent of all babies these days are being born with uh, with some help so there's no shame in this there's no stigma attached to it the sooner you come and see a doctor the less difficult the procedure and and the process will be so good luck to all of you. Let's hope that 2022 uh, is a better year for us. Uh, we can travel, we can have more holidays, and we can make more babies.
0: And yes, doc, if the stats for Singapore, uh, childbirth is increased, definitely we are going to approach you again. For another <laughs> yes. Oh, Thank you doc, so much, doctor. We will catch you Thank again. You in very, very much. Thank you very, so very much. Thanks Take a you, lot. Olivia. All right, so we have come to the end of the session at Copy Events. Uh, I can't express by words the number of Wednesday's that we have covered for the entire past two years. It's just crazy. I mean, this talk session has purely become a health show, right? I mean, we do a lot of reviews on the food, lifestyle, bikes, cars, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, the amount of overwhelming support from the viewers, just like yourself, who are watching this, and also. The doctors who are coming on board and giving their presentations, they're just like Dr. Anupriya Agrawal who talked. It's an absolutely amazing presentation. So you don't really need to go to a medical school to hear this. She has explained very well on the risk and the possibility of the cycles and the whole procedure of IVF. Such an amazing information she shared. Thank you so much, Dr. Anupriya Agrawal. We will definitely stay in touch. Yes, like I mentioned, The last Wednesday for the year 2021. So we're going to go with a full force in 2022 with uh, lots of interesting, exciting topics already lined up. We are going to go by month by month as well. We're going to dedicate on a special topics for certain parts of it. A lot of exciting news to announce. We're doing a lot of uh, webinars, seminars, and also I've started doing a lot of talks in auditoriums as well. So it's going to be an exciting year in 2022 with a lot of awareness and exposure. And I think uh, it's going to blow it up, just an explosive. So we will wish everyone a happy 2022 year ahead of every one of us. It's going to be great potential, great success. At the same time, we shall get the COVID buried, burn it. All right, so this is your host, Vance, here. I'll be catching you again on next Wednesday, which is next year. Brand year, brand month, brand topic. So this is Vance. Adios, amigos. See you around. Catch you all in our next topic. Till then, Vents.